the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If God is with us, there's nothing that I encounter, no circumstance that I experience, no situation that I go through that catches God off guard because he is with me. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis continue this series, The Name Above All Names, Emmanuel, our God who is present, the name of presence. I heard about these two little boys, an eight-year-old and a 10-year-old. They were troublemakers. All of us have seen boys and girls like this. They were kind of hard-headed, stubborn. They didn't listen well, even to their parents. And their parents had heard that the preacher was pretty good with kids, so they thought, hey, let's just set up an appointment with the pastor and see if maybe he can give us some wisdom, he could give us some help. And so they did that, and the first appointment was for that little eight-year-old boy, and the eight-year-old went down, and he was scared to death. I've noticed that sometimes as people sit down in the pastor's office, they think it's like the principal office. It is not. There's no reason to be scared, but this little boy was scared, and he sat down with the preacher, and the preacher said, son... Where is God? The little boy just looked at him, but he didn't answer. And the preacher got a little louder, as we sometimes do, and he said, Son, where is God? The little boy was getting nervous. He didn't know what to say, so he said nothing. And this just kind of got the pastor more upset. He thought he was just being stubborn, and he got kind of loud. He got in his face, and he said, Young man! Where is God? The boy started crying and he ran out of the preacher's office and he ran all the way home. When he got home, he ran upstairs and he went into the room of his older brother and he shut the door. And he looked in the face of that 10-year-old brother and he said, boy, we're in trouble. He said, why? He said, God's missing and they think we took him. (laughs) That's probably... One of the biggest questions that we ever ask in life, where is God? And today we answer that very straightforwardly, very simply, God is with us. Last week I told you the story of my friend Diane. I met Diane several weeks ago with some couples from this church as we went to a park and we were looking for people just to pray with. We walked up to Diane and her husband. We asked him if we could pray. And she said, yes, please pray for my mom. She's not very happy with me right now. We've just put her in nursing care. But most of all, Diane, sensing that that we were followers of Christ, said most of all, she doesn't know the Lord. 
And so we spent time with that couple and we were encouraging them and we prayed for them and with them. And, and last week I told you uh, that at the end of the week last week, Diane sent me an email and she said, Pastor Paul, I don't know if you remember me, but I just needed to give you an update. I went into the nursing home and the nurses stopped me and, and they said, Diane, your mom has had a vision from God. And she saw her need to receive Christ as her savior. And she's now a Christian. She's followed Christ. And Diane said she walked into the room and she said there was a holy awe or reverence that her mom had come to saving faith in Jesus Christ. That was last Saturday that I got that email. I shared that story last Sunday. And on Tuesday, Diane sent me another email. She said, Pastor Paul, I just need to tell you that at 9.45 last night, my mama went to be with Jesus. I want you to understand that God is with us. And sometimes we walk through even long seasons, in her case, 90 plus years of life. And we wonder, God, what are you up to? What are you doing? And he simply wants us to know, I am with you. Flying back from South Carolina yesterday, had a couple of flights as we often do, I flew north to come south, so I had a quick flight to Charlotte, and I sat down, and I was so tired. I just wanted to lean against the window and go to sleep. And then I heard the guy behind me saying, one of the big things we do is we reach out to the Muslim population of the world, and we try to share with them the love of Jesus Christ. I thought, I can't sleep when that's going on around me. So I turned around and said, I wasn't, well, I guess I was eavesdropping, and so I introduced myself, and we talked for most of the flight. The next flight was a much longer flight from Charlotte to Tampa, and I knew that I could sleep on that flight, so I nestled up next to the window. I even had a whole row to myself, and I was going to spread out until Scott sat down. And he said, you need the whole row? And I said, you don't like your seat? <laughs> and so we began to talk, and... I kind of nestled up against the window, and he was getting stuff out of his bag, and then he plopped down a Bible. I looked up and said, all right. So I turned to him. I said, Scott, are you a, a follower of Jesus Christ? He said, oh, yeah, 68 years old. He said, I have been for a long time. He said, I looked for everything else. We had a funny conversation about that. He had gotten the new age stuff, and even dabbled in the occult. But listen to this. He said, one day I came home, and I don't have any idea where this came from, but there was a tape of a Billy Graham crusade. Now for you children and teenagers, a tape, <laughs> it is these things that we used to record audio and video on, and we'd put them in a player. And so he said, I took that audio tape up to my room and I simply listened to that crusade message from Dr. Billy Graham. And he said, as a 20-year-old young man, I surrendered my life to Jesus Christ and I've never been the same. We don't know how God is going to show up around us, but I want you to understand today, God is with us. Now, last week, we talked about the names of promise in Scripture. We turned to another part of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 9, and, and we went through those incredible names that signify both the 
supernatural deity of God and the flesh humanity of God. Let's just say those names again together. First, we said he is the wonderful counselor. He's the mighty God. He's the everlasting father. He's the prince of peace. So whatever your needs are, if it's guidance, he will give you supernatural counselor. If it's power, he will give you supernatural strength. If it's love and presence, he will be the everlasting father. If it's freedom from anxiety, he will be the prince of peace. He is the promised one. And we talked about how Jesus was the fulfillment of that promise. And when it comes to God's promises, we remembered an important principle. Don't miss this. If God did what he said he would do in and through the person of Jesus Christ, that means you can count on him to do what he says he will do in and through and for you. I don't know your greatest needs today, but he does. And his word, he's promised to meet those needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. And if he's promised to do that, you can take it to the bank. He will do what he said he will do. But today we're going to see that the name above names, all names, is not just a name of great promise. It's a name of great presence. I was preparing for this and I began to think about Boy, that great season of musical worship in the 90s. Do you remember it? It began with something written by Don Moen called God With Us. Does anybody remember that musical time of worship called God With Us? He then came and did God For Us. But in that musical God With Us, it begins with a little chorus that I just love. And it describes, I, I think, my desire every time I come to worship. It says, I just want to be where you are, dwelling daily in your presence. I don't want to worship from afar. I just want to be with you. So that's the desire of a Christ follower. We want to be where he is. But the good news, the truth of the gospel is that God wants to be where we are. That's what we celebrate at Christmas. God loves us so much. He wants to be where we are. That's a great place. If you've understood that truth to say, praise the Lord. <laughs> It would have been a great place to say it with enthusiasm, but we'll let that pass. So what we're talking about here is the name Emmanuel. And we find that name, surprisingly, only three times in Scripture. Now think about that. We've sung about the name Emmanuel. We pray, recognize that he is Emmanuel, God with us. But only three times in Scripture do we find that name. Once in the New Testament and twice in the Old Testament. The name Emmanuel, we've said, means God with us. It comes from two Hebrew words, Emanu, which means with us, and El, which speaks of God. So Jesus is the with us God. I, I want you to hear how Max Licato describes this. I picked up this little book. I highly recommend it because I love the devotional writing of Max Licato. This is just called Jesus. And what it does is it, it assembles a lot of his different writings. But he talks about... Jesus being the with us God. And he says, no, he's not God with the rich or God with the religious, but God with us, 
all of us, Russians and Germans and Buddhists and Mormons and truck drivers and taxi drivers and librarians, God with us, God with us. Don't we love the word with? Will you go with me, we ask, to the store, to the hospital, through my life? God says he will. I am with you always, Jesus said before he ascended to heaven, to the very end of the age. Search for restrictions on the promise and you'll find none. You won't find I'll be with you if you behave. I'll be with you when you believe. I'll be with you on Sundays in worship, at mass, at church. No, none of that. There's no withholding tax on God's with promise. He is with us. God with us. One of the places we find this name is in the first chapter of Matthew. You remember what's taking place there. Mary and Joseph were betrothed, engaged to be married. They were both scared out of their wits. And in Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 20, we're introduced in the New Testament of this name. Let me back up and read in verse 20. But as he considered these things... Joseph, an angel of the Lord, appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Say that next phrase with me. For he will save his people from their sins. I'm so excited about the fourth message in this series. Because Jesus, the one whose birth we celebrate, is a name of purpose. There's no confusion about why Jesus came. And so we're gonna come back and deal with that name here in two weeks, but let's continue. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and they shall call his name, say it together, Emmanuel, which means God with us. Jesus The baby born of Mary, the one whose birth we celebrate, is Emmanuel, God with us. Now, I want you to think about that for a moment. In the Old Testament, we have the law, and the law declares that God is against us. And we need to understand that. We need to understand that sin has separated us from God and that sin has to be dealt with. I believe one of the biggest things that keeps people from beginning a relationship with Jesus Christ is the failure to understand that they're separated from God because of sin. If you are stuck in sin, don't miss this, regardless of what you read in the newspapers or hear on the talk shows. If you do not have a personal relationship with God, God is not with you. You're separated from him. The law separates us from God and declares God is against us. But the grace of God in Jesus says God is with us. Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, and empower you. You may not know this, but this ministry is made possible because of the generosity of listeners like you. We are able to be on the air because listeners like you are gracious and give to this ministry. Would you consider making a gift today? 
it would be our honor to send you a gift, a resource, as a result of your gift of any size. And you can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says The Barnabas Effect. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now we continue with our message. Now, I want us to look at this prophecy that Matthew in his gospel is referring to. So you should have found it by now in Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 7. I want us to read together in just a few minutes, several verses, but I want you to understand the context. After the death of Solomon, the land of Israel was divided into two kingdoms, the north and the south. And not unlike our history, there was great battles between the north and the south. The northern kingdom was called Israel. The southern kingdom was called Judah. Both of these were small kingdoms in light of what was taking place around the world. There were other small kingdoms like Syria, but there were large kingdoms like Assyria. And so often you'll hear us talk about, as we teach through Scripture, the Assyrian leaders and the dangers of Assyria. Well, when Isaiah is prophesying 700 years before the verse we just read in Matthew, when he's prophesying to the children of Israel, he is doing so in a time when Israel, the northern kingdom, has formed an alliance with Syria because they're scared of Assyria. And they have gone to the southern kingdom, Judah, and their king, who is named Ahaz, and ask him to join their alliance. But he says no. He's scared of them, and he's scared of the Assyrians. And so the Bible says that God sends Isaiah the prophet and his son to talk to him. It's interesting, when Isaiah goes to him, he says to King Ahaz, just trust God. Just ask him for a sign. And some of you in your lives have done that. You've said, God, I want to do your will. Just, just give me a sign. I love what Dr. James Merritt says about a sign. He says, in the Bible, the word sign refers to an indication, a, a distinguishing mark. It consists of dramatic, miraculous, sovereign intervention into the normal pattern of affairs in human life. It's a tangible occurrence to make us realize that God is at work and performing the sign. So signs are not something that God shows us every day. Some time God speaks to the everyday circumstances of life. But Isaiah is saying to Ahaz, ask God for a sign, something big, just to show you that he's in control. And Ahaz, though an evil king, trying to act humble, says, no, I could never bother God that way. I could not ask him for a sign. And that's when Isaiah the prophet then says, well, behold, So what? God's going to give you a sign. So let's read together Isaiah 7, verse 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name. Say it again with me. Emmanuel. If you read the Old Testament, beginning in the book of Genesis, should you be able to see that God is with us? Yes. Let me just give you some examples of how this is a theme throughout all of Scripture. Genesis 26, 24. The Lord appeared to him that same night and said, I am the God of Abraham, your father. Fear not, for I am with you. Genesis 28, 15. Behold, I am 
with you and will keep you wherever you go. And I'll bring you back to this land and I will not leave you until I've done what I promised for you. Exodus 3, verse 11, Moses said to God, who am I that I should go before Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out? And he said, but I will be with you. That'll be your sign. Then when Moses passes the torch to Joshua, what does God himself say to Joshua? No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Isaiah in verse four, chapter 41 and verse 10, it says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed. I am the Lord your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. By the way, if, if I were kind of receiving this today, and I know I'm going through this fast, but I'd be trying to get down every one of these references that I can. Because in every one of these, it's a reminder that in my times of need, in my times of fear, in my times of anxiety, in my times of uncertainty, my God said he is with me. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 8, do not be afraid of them for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Jeremiah 1 19, they will fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you for I am with you, declares the Lord. But does it stop in the Old Testament? No, because in John chapter 1, it says in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then it says, and the Word became flesh. So all of a sudden, God in the flesh became one of us. And then he has his ministry, he has his life throughout And as he becomes one of us, he says in Matthew 28 and verse 20, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. Behold, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. Then notice what it says in Colossians chapter 2. For though I'm absent in body, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. I want you to understand something today. There's no question as you look at scripture, the hope of the gospel is not a distant deity. It's not a God that desires to be the affection of your ritual. The heart and the hope of the gospel is God is with me. When I began a relationship with Jesus Christ, everything changes. But the greatest thing that changes from that moment on, the Holy Spirit of God indwells my life. I become the temple of the Holy Spirit and God is with me. If God is with you, praise the Lord this morning. Now I want you to see what that means. That means God is with me because he was with me in the past. It means God is with me because God is with me in the present. And it means God is with me because God will be with me in the future. That's what the Bible teaches, all of these things. God was with me in the past. He is with me in the present, and he will be with me in the future. He is before us and will be our guide. He is behind us. No ill can betide. He is beside us to comfort and to cheer. He is around us, then why should we fear? He is within us as companion and our friend. Our God is not some distant, faraway deity. He is a God who is with us. Did you get it? If you've got it, say got it. it. 
good. So let me tell you why that's important. If God is with us, then even the ordinary moments of life and the most mundane tasks become opportunities to be transformed for our good and his glory. If God is with us, there's nothing that I encounter, no circumstance that I experience, no situation that I go through that catches God off guard because he is with me. If Jesus is your Emmanuel, that means in every season of life and every circumstance of life, God is with you. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. And join us weekdays at 9 a.m. for The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk AM 570 and 910. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.